Ithalon, the Forbidden Island, by renowned scholar and student of all cultures, Ignatius Galenus. From the records of my journeys across the Druidic Isles of the Sisters Archipelago, I knew since landing on this isle that my presence would be unwelcome. It was a necessary risk taken to record and preserve the knowledge of these Druids who refuse to leave their island home. Even if it was to the detriment of my own well-being, I knew I had to preserve. But danger lurked in every corner, and the warm reception I received from the Stone Lord Druids on High Isle and Galen was severely lacked when I arrived on Ithalon. My studies, <clears throat> my studies of the islands and the Druidic structures led me to seek out the local Druids, knowing that they would be able to bring a depth to my accounts that I could not achieve without their guidance. Context is invaluable for any scholarly document. As I said, the stone lore were generous and gracious, the elder tides less so. When I approached the fire song, the, when, yeah, when I approached the fire song, the druids of Ithalon, with quill in hand, they looked upon me with confusion that became stoicism before quickly turning to anger. I greeted them and began with, a benign, with benign questions. Yet, with each, they appeared to grimace deeper. I jotted down their reactions to my inquiries and took their silence as, mere, as, a, <clears throat> as a mere device of communication employed with non-Druids. Then one stepped forward and pointed at me. In reaction, I raised my hands as a show of non-aggression. Yet, the ink on my quill had not fully dried. Thus, globs were flung into the pointing druid's eyes, quite by accident, you understand. I thought it best to extricate myself before a bad situation and began to back away from the druids. With each step I took, they followed. As inconceivable as it may be, I do believe they meant to do me harm. It was with much haste that I made it back to my hired ship and begged the, cap and begged the captain to cast off. I regret I was unable to get much more than this out of the druids who shelter beneath Mount Firesong, but such are the twists and turns of scholarly research. Until next time, my fellow scholars. This brings me to my next subject, the glowing root known as Nern root. Although the oddly tenacious root grows almost anywhere a significant body of water is present, this root is extremely rare, I've, and I believe soon to become extinct. I myself have yet to come across one of the gnarled shoots, <clears throat> as they are rarely inside of the roads that cross Cyrodiil. According to the records of the noted imperial herbalist Shivius Regelium, the Nern root once flourished and could be found all over the country, but he suspected a cataclysmic event severely stunted their growth. Although many scholars reject the proposal that the sun's death event of first era 668 catastroph uh, catastrophically affected plant life. Shivius feels that the Nern root's lineage was damaged by the lack of sun for a full year, whereas other plant species tend to find a way. The Nern root's mysterious magical nature made it especially susceptible to this climate shift. While this may or may not be the case, it's certainly true that the recorded sightings of Nern root are declining as the years pass. <laughs> the almost perplexing facet of Shivius's studies is that, the, <clears throat> is that his notes describe the root as having a yellowish glow. Contrary to this fact, contrary to this fact, the Nern root of today has a soft bluish or blue-white glow. 
Unfortunately, since not many studies of the Nern root were performed uh, from, Sh from Shivius's day until now, it's unknown when or why this was recorded. What I'm proposing today is that the Nern root, even though merely a plant, sensed impending extinction and therefore changed its own nature to survive. One of the more obvious facets of today's Nern root that supports this theory is the fact that it can now survive underground without any sunlight at all. While it's true that generally only mosses and fungi grow, uh, fungi, fungi, whatever your, you know, whatever dick you prefer in your mouth, grow in these environments, I have two signed uh, depositions by persons claiming that they sighted the Nern root in deep caves. Not once in Chivius's uh, copious notes is a subterranean Nern root mentioned, but there is a sonata for such things. But how could this be? How could a surface-dwelling plant suddenly begin appearing in new locations radically different from its normal habitat? The answer, my fellow alchemists, is, nest is nestled within Chivius's own notes. Although he spends a great deal of time with the Nern root in his laboratory, the one thing he neglected to test at a high enough level of detail was the soil. As stated previously, Chivius, Chivius felt the sun's death, the eruption of Red Mountain, contributed to the demise of Nernroot. Agreed, my amendment to that proposal is the ash that fell from the sky that entire year mixed with the soil, and again, due to the magical nature of the root, contrib contributed to the, to the aforementioned changes. The ash, the, the ash became a cataclysm of sorts, forcing a change in the very makeup of the Nern root. Although very little ash from that dark time remains, I have done tests on newer ash samples sent to me from Bardenfell. They show little to no magical proper, properties, uh, uh, certainly none of which that could affect a plant to that magnitude. However, the rare occurrence of what's known as ash salt in the normal ash does contain a very pot does contain very potent magical abilities in fact uh, in fact some native dunmer are said to harness that ability to create a cure for the blight which pervaded their realm many years ago i feel this magic meshed with the nern roots inherent magic caused the radical change in essence the nern root healed itself to surmise, my two proposals are certainly my. To surmise, my two proposals are certainly linked. The plant needed to survive and therefore used a byproduct of its destructor to do so. No other plant in nature has ever come close to this metamorphosis. I feel the Nern root has accomplished, in a relatively short amount of time, what it would take other species millions of years to complete. <clears throat> Whatever the case may be, one thing is certain. The Nern root is on a path to destruction. It contains untapped potential to create potions, the likes of which have never been seen in our day. I propose to you today that we divert a small portion of our funds to an expedition to collect some of these roots to study. I have outlined this proposal for your pursual after this section of the symposium. Please seriously consider this proposal before it becomes too late and the Nernroot becomes nothing but a memory. Thank you for your time.